You're listening to the Precision Shooting Podcast, discussing all aspects of precision and long-range rifle shooting. This episode is brought to you by Impact Dynamics, advanced training for the precision shooter. And now, over to your hosts. So hello and welcome to the Precision Shooting Podcast. This is Rusty, and with me on this episode is uh, formerly known as Special Greg, will be known as Greg for these podcasts, I, I believe. I could still deal with Special Greg, You can deal with Special yeah, Greg? I could still deal with Special All Greg. All right, so that's Special yep. Greg there. And also, um, currently in the driver's seat, so we won't bother him too much, is Mark. How are you, Mark? Going well, Rusty. Yeah, going well. Excellent, mate. So we are in the United States of America, and we're traveling between LA and Las Vegas, now, we are, as I mentioned before, Mark's driving, which is not necessarily how we were planning to get here. Uh, Greg, do you want to, uh, special Greg, sorry, do you want to run us through um, how this came to be? Well, yeah, it was definitely a, uh, it was an interesting uh, trip when we landed. We, we landed um, only about 15, 20 minutes late, expected to land around 6.30, we ended up landing around 10 to 7. Um, now, from my last experience of getting through uh, customs and getting through all the rigmarole at the at the airport in the morning was it was quite a smooth operation. Well, that wasn't the case this morning. Oh, um, that was not the case. Um, we uh, we uh, it was pretty evident that we there was a lot more people there this morning than the, and even when I was there um, six months ago, um, it was it was packed. Uh, and my cohorts here. Um, seem to have uh, alerted this, the authorities in some way um, and were required it's to give it's strict we were, searches and there was we I'm pretty sure there you. was white gloves involved like it was it was legit they so, went white after the search yeah yeah um, whereas I just cruised on through like the professional I am waited at the other end got the bags already I mean let's face it I was the glue that held everything together this morning <laughs> um not a not a great glue in that case. <laughs> clag, maybe like clag glue. Clag, <laughs> like is, clag that, is, that, is that more uh, accurate? Yeah, is that about right, Mark? Yeah. I think that's yeah, that's much much closer to the mark. Most of our problems were because co- we were with Greg, I think. Oh, hang on, this is, <laughs> this is taking a turn for the worst. Uh, good. So anyway, we got into uh, LA, and we the net result of that was we missed our flight to Vegas because we would have been there at sort of nine thirty in the morning, ready for shot which would have been slightly late, but only an hour or so after it started. Uh, and meanwhile, we now find ourselves at uh, 3 o'clock in the afternoon driving across because we couldn't reschedule the flight easily. We'd have to go on standby, which wouldn't have been great. So we thought, let's go grab a car. And um, we're in LA. Might as well just grab a car. And uh, we will drive ourselves over to Vegas. That we are doing. And mm. for those of you who are fear and loathing in Las Vegas fans, uh, we're doing that. We're doing that famous run, um, that high-speed burn from LA to Vegas. Um, we're doing it on a lot less psychedelic drugs, um, actually zero psychedelic drugs, but nevertheless, in spirit, we're still there. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, the yeah, it's quite a, quite a picturesque out here. It yeah. certainly is leaving leaving LA and then uh, you're coming into well, pretty much desert all through here. Yeah, and it's, it, it, as, as, we're, as I said, we're like coming into uh, like we're surrounded right now. Uh, we're, look, we're 116 kilometers out of Vegas. The sign just tells me, um, and we're surrounded by mountains. But it's just so pretty. Um, even though 
uh, even well, though you know it's desert, it's it's quite pretty out here. Yeah, it is absolutely. So we um we're pretty much going to miss shot. Uh, today, unfortunately, so day one is going to be uh, written off as a transit day. Um, though I'm sure we'll go out and we'll hopefully meet up with some people tonight. Um, but we'll yeah we'll head over. We'll probably get there in the next hour-ish, and then uh, check in the hotel. And if we can maybe go down and register for our badges or something, get something done, that would be uh, that would be excellent. Yeah, I agree. Something productive. So, gentlemen, what are you uh, what are you looking forward to from shot? Oh, uh, once again connections um look i i don't i apart from what i've seen um i don't have any preconceived um notions of what it's going to be about there's a there's a lot of things to see i don't expect that we're going to see everything that we even want to see yep. let alone seeing every stall especially because uh, we're down a day that's correct yeah <laughs> i mean and you know we've got we're, we're behind the eight ball there um but we well i'm going to give rusty the props here uh, Rusty has done quite a great job at organising uh, who we are going to talk to and when we're going to talk to them. So without that kind of uh, organisation, we'd just be running around looking at shows going, hey, you want to talk to us? <laughs> I, think there's, I think there is still going to be a reasonable amount yeah, of that. There will be a reasonable amount. But as I said, you've done a, you've done you've done a, done a, little, you've done a little, um, little bit of groundwork to help us out. Yeah, so uh, hopefully that's, uh, that's going to go well. And so we're at shot uh, for the next... Well, next three days, I guess. Correct. Um, and then we eventually travel up to Vortex in Wisconsin. Correct. Yep. And we're going to go do a bit of a factory tour uh, up there, I believe. Yep, and, um, go and see the boys from, uh, from Vortex in Wisconsin. And hopefully they'll have a chat to us as well on here. Yep. Um, look, that's the, that's the plan. That may happen at shot yet, We um, just depending on uh, timing and whatnot. Cool. Cool. Um, and then uh, we head down to the PRS finale, which uh, should be very exciting uh, about that. We're getting there a couple of days early uh, to help set up and be involved and do whatever they want us to do. Yeah. Uh, probably just stick with what we know and drink some beer. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> we're professionals at that, let's face it. Uh, <laughs> whatever the next level of above professional I is. I mean, our driver, let's not forget... We should have given some sort of props. Our driver is a professional barber and brew guy. So um, we have a professional brewer. You, you, might, you may just want to break that down a little bit because that's probably not an overly common combination. Well, what, what, what do you want me to break down, Rusty? The man, the man cuts hair and the man brews beer. Ooh. I mean, and also deals Do, with deals trucks with, that pull out in front of him amazingly. With, with loaded he, up with concrete. Well done, Mark. The guy can drive, cut hair, and make beer. I mean, and all at the same time If he as had well. a set of tits, you'd marry him. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, what else do you want? <laughs> this is why Mark's not saying a lot, because he's dealing with trucks that are swerving all over the place. Yep. Good um, job. Getting us there in one piece is pretty important. Uh, That's it's, correct. Yeah. Yeah, well, the uh, airline couldn't do it. That's correct. Anyway, um, not that we're bitter at all. No, no, no. We, well, we get to experience this uh, little bit of Americana. Yeah. So it's pretty special. I mean, yeah. So um, uh, I think I forgot to answer my own question that I posed to you, Greg, about some of the stuff that I'm looking forward. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing it shot. Um, which is, there is a bit of a list, but the, the ones that come to mind quickly, KRG put, has put a rifle together, uh, and I'm really keen to see what uh, what that is. Um, MDT have a new chassis out. Chassis, yeah. Which yep. I'm, I'm looking forward to sort of getting hands on with, uh, hopefully. Um, 
I'm in the market for a new spotting scope. So I'll be looking at a few options. One of the ones that has caught my eye at the moment is the Minox um, or Minnow, depending on your preference of how to say that. Uh, Whether you're being like strict French um, or or just Minox, is that, is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. That's special, Greg. That's exactly what I'm saying. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. Just clarifying. Good. Someone had to. Um, and I would. I'm look. Uh, Want to chat with the guys from Athlon. Uh, as well, and we should be catching up with John McQuay from 8541 Tactical and uh, Regina Milkovic. Although she was there today, and we may have missed our chance, but not to worry, we will see her at the PRS finale anyway. Correct. Um, we, I mean, we'll, we'll get a good chance, I think, there. Um, I, and I believe I can't confirm this or um, deny it, or deny it, um, but I'm pretty sure the house that we're staying in. At Texas, there we there's a good chance we might have. Um, look, we're going to have Some, Paul Reed. We're going to have definitely going to have Paul Reed to have a chat to. Excellent. Um, who, for those of you who don't know, is an Australian PRS competitor. Um, and I mean, well, quite, he lives in the states. Lives in the states. He lives, but you know, he still calls himself an Australian, but he does live in Texas. Um, but he's he's in the top five. This guy, so he's doing really well. Excellent. Yep. Yeah, well, that, that will be good. So hopefully we can uh, see who else we can drag into that conversation, which will be uh, terrific. Yep. The uh, other one I was going to mention is uh, Sin City Precision. Yep. Um, obviously, they're Vegas-based, and these guys are doing some seriously cool stuff. Um, I know I've been following their Facebook page and just seeing the all the different types of shoots and stages and plans they come up with, and they're, they're doing some pretty awesome stuff and I think we've got details for quite a few of the guys so we're hoping very much so that we can catch up with them um, at least have a chat maybe a beer um, and if we're real lucky we'll be able to do a podcast as well yeah that sounds so, good um, in that order I think it's probably sensible as well I chat think, then I think beer so. then yeah I agree yeah <laughs> yeah beer has to be highly ranked and before the podcast correct mm. correct uh, sorry the 6-5 guys did you am I did um, the 6-5 guys are on the on I'm, the list Oh. Um, yes, I'm hoping they are, but I, I don't know. Okay. Yeah, no, I haven't. I haven't heard back from them, um, but I have planted the seed. So. Gotcha. I know where they'll be at a certain time. I'm going to go hit them up. Okay. So, have you guys uh, been to Vegas before? Well, yes, I have. Um, I have been to Vegas. Um, it was uh, only about six months ago. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great. Um, it's going to be quite a bit different. It was about 40 degrees C. Um, the last time I was there, and now it's going to be around anywhere between 15 to 20. Um, yeah. So, so, big difference. <laughs> I think 20 is going to be generous, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I think 20 has been generous <laughs> as well. So. so, what about you, Mark? No, never. Never been to the States at all. No, you're in the same so boat as I am. Um, kind of an experience. Yeah, absolutely. I've never been to the States either, and uh, let alone Vegas, which wasn't necessarily on, on my hit list to go there, but shot shows there so that's where we're going um but i'm sure we'll uh, we'll make the most of it so we're going to bring you guys some updates as we go along uh the podcast hopefully will get up you know sort of shortly uh after shot we may even get some up during shot so stay tuned with all of that but um you can see all the stuff that happened on our facebook page on the impact dynamics facebook page as well and on the armory athlete facebook page Certainly so can. check them all out they'll all have probably a bit of a mix of different photos as well um so all worth having a little look at 
So we're going to leave this uh, this little drive here for the time being, and uh, we will get ourselves into Vegas unpacked and uh, ready to hit up the show tomorrow, and probably go and get a beverage or two tonight. That's that's definitely on the uh, on the cards. Mark, Mark was busting to to do that. That's why he's driving so Absolutely. fast. I can tell. But he's but he's doing it so well, Rust. So I'm, you know, let's just let him do what he's doing, and you know, I'm encouraging get us to it, the beer. I'm encouraging it, special Greg. Get us to the beer. Get Mark. us to the beer. Get just us to the beer. We just got to get there, and then it's time to crack. See what America's got to offer. There for, you go. For, for cold brewskis. There you go. <laughs> I uh, I reckon they'll be all right. I yeah. reckon they'll be all right. Be all right, right, guys. We'll uh, chat again soon. Good day, guys. I'm here with Joshua from Hog Saddle. Yep. How are you, mate? Pretty good. Pretty, Pretty good. good. Thanks for taking the time to speak to us uh, at the show. Yeah, now, appreciate your time. You designed this device. Yeah, designed and manufactured the uh, Hog Saddle. Uh, we uh, started uh, the company back in 2009. Yes. Um, and it was based off of uh, my experiences back in the Iraq War between uh, 2004 and 2006. Uh, the majority of our shots were all off of tripods, about 90% of them. They're all on homemade, pretty janky. Uh, yeah, rest okay. out of uh, PVC pipe, right. and uh, I came back and I wanted to uh, basically Something make better. a better solution, you know. Yeah, and and how long has how long has it been since you made that one? Um, this in general, uh, probably we started our first model back in uh, I guess 2008, and then and then from there turned into a company, got out of the core, started basically making them for buddies, and then eventually started kind of suitcasing <laughs> them out of my trunk. Uh, and selling them, and eventually, you know, people started buying them. And uh, within a few years, uh, this became standard issue in the, in the Marine Corps, yeah, cool. and throughout SOCOM, and then other uh, other foreign nations are using them and stuff too uh, in, in the NATO ranks. Um, so yeah, it's been it's been very successful, and uh, a lot of uh, uh, military groups actually can consider this a, a safety device, not just a shooting yeah. rest, just because it's uh, maintaining control of the loaded weapon. You don't have to worry about dumping it when you're shooting from uh, an elevated position. So yeah. Very good. Sure. And obviously they're becoming more popular in the civilian world, in the competition. Yeah, yeah super. So, um, you know, the hog style has been super successful. It's rated all the way to 50 cal. You yeah. can put your Barrett or your TAC-50 on it. Yeah, wow. Um, the one criticism we had was just cost. You know, they retail for 309. It's all CNC machined out of billet aluminum. It's just That's expensive. US dollars, by the way. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So what we did was we came yeah. out with um, the pig saddle, right? It's the little brother to the hog saddle. Mm -hmm. Hog saddle weighs 15 and a half ounces, super durable. You can chuck the thing out of a plane. You know, as long yeah. as you can find it, it's fine. Yep. Um, this is made out of stamped sheet metal. It's kind of like my Russian knockoff version <laughs> from myself sure. uh, of my hog saddle. This is how I'd make it out of stamped sheet metal. And so, so you stop did, the competitors, you just <laughs> undercut yeah, yourself. Exactly, yeah. you know, if I was gonna do it, someone was gonna do it to me. So uh, we cut this out of sheet metal, laser cut it, bend it. Um, and then uh, this is our new one with the melanite steel finish. Yeah, melanite is the same um, nitride finish like on your, uh, your Glock slides. Um, so it prevents it from rusting, makes it super hard, super durable. Uh, it's not gonna chip and scratch like the original powder coat. Yep. And these retail for uh, $135 US. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, besides um, it weighing a little bit more at 1.4 pounds, um, it works exactly the same. You're looking at a really good product to kind of our, our premium flagship product, yeah. uh, but it still has the dual mounting holes. You can direct mount it or yeah, mount okay. it to a QD plate. Um, Stability-wise, you're not going to see a difference uh, until okay. about 600 meters, and then you're going to start giving a slight stability edge with the hog saddle. Okay. Uh, but the pig saddle is no slouch. You're still yeah. able to, 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 you know, poke things out, 
uh, you know, past past a thousand meters for sure with with proper fundamentals and bone support. Of course, yeah, yeah very good. And and the other products that you've got here, you represent as well to some degree. Yeah, so we've been doing for years the, the hog saddles and stuff, and we've always uh, recommended Manfrotto's and other things. Yeah. But we've always been compromising with a lot of the tripod parts. For example, like Manfrotto tripods, we've been taking hacksaws to uh, even back in the day as snipers, we were hacksawing off the center columns because they were so long because yeah. they couldn't splay out really low. So as we uh, we just been searching for something better, and uh, so we uh, got in contact with Mission Critical Designs out of Norway, yeah. um, and uh, and they basically made a carbon fiber tripod to our spec with all of the features that that we believe is important for a sniper or a hunter um, for a shooting platform. Um, and I can go over some of those real quick. Absolutely. Um, Show us. The PRST uh, carbon fiber tripod. It's Cerakoted in OD green, so uh, it already has like a really cool field color. It looks really cool with our uh, OD green hog style. You got that old school OD green look. Um, you don't have to rattle can it if you don't want to. You've got adjustable cam lever locks, so if your leg locks ever um, lose their, their grip, you know, you load into oh, yeah. it and the yeah. leg melts Sassy. down, you can take a tool, tighten it up, fix your tripod. With those twist yeah, ring on. locks, you can't adjust those. Um, it's got a short center column that allows you to splay it down all the way down to a high um, uh, prone position, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, and the center column has this cool hook, right? Yeah. So the cool thing about this hook is you can add weight to it. So say you move into a position, whether you're hunting uh, or you're on an operation, you got a little bit of kit on you, you're, you're up. Yeah. You can hang your pack on the hook and now you've turned a four pound tripod into a 25 pound tripod, right? Yeah. Heavier tripod it is, easier to shoot from, and it's also a lot more forgiving. So if you're in a really uncomfortable shooting position and you're not fully behind uh, the rifle correctly, a heavy tripod will let you get away with a lot of nasty shooting uh, and you'll still hit your target. So really cool, really cool product. It's a lot better than making a janky sandbag all <laughs> strewn up through 550 cores. So it's yeah, really cool. Absolutely. It's good. Um, it also comes with, no, I'll move real slow for here, but uh, it also comes with an optional, or not optional, but swappable spiked feet. Oh, so, so you have the rubber ones. It comes standard with rubber, yep. and then it comes with these also. So you can thread them on and off. They're stainless steel spikes. Yeah, right. So if you're in a rural environment, plug them into the ground, and your tripod gets really good grip. Yeah, um, this tripod will go all the way up to 63 inches, about nose height. Yep. Um, so even if you're super tall, uh, it'll it'll accommodate you. Um, and the specs are, again, it weighs 4.1 pounds, and it's rated for 40 pounds. Just right? under 2 kilos. Yeah, so you can put a 50 cal on it if you'd like to, or, yeah. or, or just put a 6.5 cream more like on this one, it'll work yeah. great. Um, the other thing that we're doing is uh, we're pairing it up with the Sunway Photo XB52 ball head. Um, the Sunway Photo has a lot of specs that are blowing a lot of other dudes out of the water. Um, it's a full inch shorter than a lot of its competitors. Um, the shorter a ball head is, the more stable it is. It's got machined aluminum knobs. Uh, so if you're chucking your tripod on the back of your truck, you don't have to worry about breaking your knobs. Um, and what's really cool about this thing is the QD plates. So I'll move real slow over here. Yeah, here's a, here's another ball head right here. <laughs> if I pop it off, what's really cool is you've got these Arca Swiss 
um, QD plates. And yeah, the Arca Swiss plates that we uh, that we ship with them come with two mounting screws. You've got a 3 8 inch screw mm -hmm. and a quarter inch screw. What this does with the dual bolt is it prevents the QD plate yeah. from twisting loose, yeah. right? Saying that all the time. So it ain't going anywhere. You'll see that with old school Manfrotto's, the pistol grip heads. It won't twist on loose. It's just a superior QD plate. It's just a huge leap forward in technology yeah, that, that didn't exist, you know, back in the Iraq days when we were just using what we had. Um, so this is a really cool improvement for QD plates. This head's rated for uh, 130 pounds. And it's got a 52 yeah. millimeter uh, ball head joint. That sounds like overkill, but the higher your load rating is, and the larger the ball diameter of your ball head, the smoother the the, the ball head itself will pan, right? And you've got that that bigger sweet spot to fine tune it to where your ball head is hands free. What what's this little one there? So this is the ATI wind drop. Um, this is something we made um, for the Kestrel wind meter, especially the ones that have the applied ballistics in them. Um, what it does is it allows you to mount the Kestrel either to a tripod leg, you can mount it to a center column, uh, or you can mount it to a rifle sling. And it does several things for you. It allows hard on soft contact, so rifle recoil uh, can't destroy the internals, right? They're not G-Force rated. So this is a Kestrel approved product. It's in their catalog. Um, and uh, you can put this, you can shoot the, as big a rifle as you want when it's mounted to your rifle sling or tripod, will not void the warranty. Yeah, so right. no one wants to crush their $600, yeah. you know, Kestrel, or who knows what it costs once it gets exported out and everything else. Yeah, um, it protects the, the rear sensor holes. If you got okay. muddy hands or whatever, it won't plug those sensor holes. Um, so uh, if those holes are plugged up, it'll affect your station pressure and your barometric pressure, and it'll give you really cruddy data. Uh, and then lastly, a lot of guys are using Kestrels and putting them in their cargo pockets. When you're running around, scooting and moving, uh, it'll make the uh, Kestrel about 20 degrees warmer than it really is uh, outside. Yeah. So this keeps the Kestrel outside in the same temperature and environment as it is the, the ammo in your gun. You know, so when your target of opportunity presents itself, you go double check your freaking uh, your data and your dope before you take a poke out, you know, 900 meters or whatever, you know your data is good to go. Um, as opposed to a hot Kestrel that's going to give you close data but not accurate. Well, Josh, you are, that's, uh, oh, the sling, that was what I was going to ask sure. about. Sure, so we also got the SS that. loophole sling. Um, let's see what we got here. So I can pan this over here. Kind of cool that we got a tripod there to do go. that. So here's the SS loophole sling. Uh, we've been making this for the past two years. Mm -hmm. um, there's a handful of uh, federal law enforcement and military units that are currently using these. Yep. It's an adjustable two-point rifle sling. Um, it's got a buckle in the middle so you can break away. If you get all boogered up in a vehicle, uh, you can pop out of it. Yep. Um, it'll take any type of QD swivels. So if you got like an AI with those HK hooks, mm -hmm. no big deal, just unthread it, put your HK hooks on there. Yep. And it's also got a, uh, a loop sewn in the rear. So if you use some of the newer sniper techniques where guys are using carabiners on their belts. So I got a little carabiner on there. Uh, you can click this into a carabiner for extra stability when shooting off of a tripod. So hopefully you can see me all right. What you do with this SS loophole sling, pan over here, you detach the sling from the rear. Yep. Wrap, wrap the sling underneath so you get downward pressure. And then you can clip clip your sling up into your belt, right? So when you're in a standing position or a sitting position, when I melt my hips backwards into the gun, it pulls the weapon down, right? So it's eating up slop. So right now you see the gun, it's got a little bit of slop. 
That's just because we've kind of put a handful of components on top of each other. And the higher we go, the more instability we get. You can still shoot like this fine, but yeah. it could be better. So to eat up that slop, you get behind the gun. Push the hips back. And when my hips go back, it's pulling the sling back, right? And then I go. And since this is a two-point adjustable rifle sling, move this back out of the way. I can adjust this to the length of whatever position I'm in. I can loosen it or I can tighten her up. Yeah. And then when I move my hips back to whatever position I'm in, it eats up that slop and now I don't have that, that fluttery yeah. um, that uh, and everything. Yeah. And then I'm good to go. I'm able to freaking move everything. And if I just want to sit on the glass or sit on my binos, I just relax my hips, standing or sitting, whatever, bino, I'm good to go. And I'm not putting any tension on, on my gun. And then if I want to get away from my gun, uh, I can just detach and get away from it. So I don't have this boat anchor attached to my body uh, if I don't want to be here anymore, you know, in a dynamic situation. Uh, so yeah, that's, uh, that's the main way the, the gun's used. Um, the second rifle sling method that they do, it's called the Wojcik technique. I'll try to hit my mic and that's make right. it sound like crap for you. Perfect. But uh, what you do is you leave the sling attached here and you're gonna throw your arm through the sling like this. And since this is a two-point rifle sling, I can adjust the sling by pulling the tail to get real tight up in here, and I wind up stabilizing my chicken wing. The movement that I have in my elbow correlates to movement in my reticle. If I stabilize my elbow, I've got a stable reticle. So then when I get into the gun, my elbow isn't moving, and I've got a lot more stability where I'm not fluttering around. The cool thing about the Wojcik technique is I can pop out of the sling real quick and I'm not necessarily tied in. So it's just another tool to kind of, you know, keep with yourself and if you want to use it, great. And if not, no big deal, you know? And uh, yeah, so those are the two main, um, you know, sling techniques we use with that SS loophole sling. Uh, the sling retails for $39.99 uh, US dollars, uh, but super affordable, um, you know? Uh, we believe two things for the sling, it needs to be simple. You shouldn't have to read a book or a manual on how to use it. Um, you know, like those arm cuff slings that like no one takes a real shot arm cuff. Um, and we just don't believe it should be super expensive, you know? We didn't want to make a $120 rifle sling. We want a sling that a shooter can afford and a shooter will use without any extra uh, features that, that I don't believe are necessary for a practical rifle sling, so. Really? And, sure. and where can we find your gear in Australia? Uh, well, um, we got a website. If you want any, um, I guess, information or whatever, hogsaddle.com. But uh, the, the good guys over at uh, Huntsman Firearms, they're out of Townsville. Um, hit those guys up. They're solid dudes. They know what they're talking about. They're not just company owners or salesmen. They're shooters. Um, they're all vets, war vets. Um, hit them up, and they'll, they'll freaking hit you up. And if they don't know anything, they'll get the information from me, and they'll feed that down to you. Um, but they're good dudes, and uh, you know, throw all your business towards Huntsman because they're, they're good guys. Excellent. Joshua, thank you for your yeah, time today. For sure. Thank Hopefully you. Hopefully the show is excellent for you. Yeah, me too. Great. Cheers. Yeah, thank you. So I'm here with Ted from American Rifle Company. That's How are you, Ted? Hello. How are you? Good to meet you. And you enjoying the show? Yes, we're having a great show. Very good. Now, you're probably, well, in Australia anyway, probably best known for the Mausenfield actions. Yes, this is a Mausenfield. It's basically a Mauser bolt with a detachable bolt head, a Springfield extractor. Uh, it's basically a mechanical extractor, I'm sorry, Spring Springfield ejector. Yep. It's a mechanical ejector. It's, it doesn't use a spring-loaded plunger. Mm -hmm. uh, basically works like a Mauser. All that is packaged within a receiver 
that is comparably is, is very comparable to a Remington 700 in size. Yep. It's compatible with uh, triggers used for the 700 uh, chassis, stocks, magazines. Yeah, right. And we'll talk more about magazines because we have a, a new one now. Excellent. But uh, so that's what that's where the name Mausingfield comes from. It's a combination of Mauser, uh, the Remington footprint, and the Springfield uh, ejector makes it a Mausingfield. In addition to in addition to the uh, in, in addition to those features, the action has toroidal bolt lugs, which obviate the need for lapping uh, lapping the bolt. So you can swap bolt heads in and out of the action. The toroidal lugs basically do the same thing a floating bolt head would do, but they work with a Mauser extractor. A Mauser extractor is essentially a spring; it would, it would bias the bolt head in one way or the other. So the Mausingfield also has, uh, in addition to the Mauser, Remington, Springfield features, it has a rail interface that is tapered. And uh, basically what that allows us to do right now, if you, push, if you push the rail onto the receiver, you can see that it basically, the two kind of get stuck together. And then to separate them, you can just give wow. it a little smack and it comes apart. Yeah, wow. Um, so the, there's the, the registration between the rail and the receiver um, is very, very good. It's very positive. All the, whole, all the holes do really is just hold it down. So that's basically the Mousing Field action. Tapered rail interface, toroidal lugs, Mauser bolt, Springfield ejector, Remington footprint. <laughs> Another thing that we've done here, we have, I don't, well, for one thing, the Mousing Field, it's compatible with Accuracy International magazines, the, the, but only the CS magazine, and other others like it, like the Alpha, and uh, the Accurate Mag does one. And actually, the Magpul, we want to give a shout out to Magpul because we kind of like their stuff, yeah. right? So it's compatible with all that. However, it's not compatible with the AW magazine, and everybody asks me why, so this is my answer to it. We just introduced a double stack center feed uh, mag magazine, 10 round, or actually 11 round capacity, just three eighths of an inch longer than the AW mag. And I needed the extra length so the cartridges can tr uh, transition to center. So that's basically what's new. Also new is the fact that from, from now on, Mousing Fields come supplied with a finish, same price. We've got the, uh, they retail for $1,600. Uh, it's a DLC finish on the receiver and the bolt head, and uh, every other part is salt bath nitrided. I didn't think there was a safe way to do salt bath nitrided finish on the uh, receiver and the bolt head. And that's basically it. We also have our scope rings and mounts that we've been doing for quite a while. They don't damage your scope, and they don't rotate the scope when you tighten up the screws. So. Yeah, they're, they're these have, these, interesting design. Yeah, these have, got, these have been pretty popular for a long time. Just two screws, one for the rail screw, one for the scope clamp. The ring basically opens up, the top opens up. You can kind of see how yeah. it works. It's got hinges on both sides. Yeah, brilliant. So that's American Rifle Company. That's what we do. Terrific, Ted. And how long have you been doing this for? Is this... Oh, I've been doing this oh, part-time since 2003, 2004. Brilliant. But then yeah. it sort of became a job in the last... <laughs> couple of years, I guess, three years maybe. Yeah. So, 
Yeah. 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 I quit the day job four years ago yeah. to give this a full-time go. And it's been going all right. It's going well. Yeah, it's going well. I just look at it. It's, it's a test. You know, yeah. I, I haven't solved the build company test yet, so I figured <laughs> I'd try it and see how it goes. Uh, terrific. Terrific. So. Excellent. Thank you for your time, Ted. Really appreciate that. Great content. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks, guys. Take care. G'day guys, it's Rusty here. Uh, I'm here with Sean from Mech Shooting Sports. How are you, Sean? Good, Rusty. Excellent. Pleasure to meet you. You too. Thank you very much for taking some time with us today. The show's going well? Very well. Very well. Well, I, I know you do clay throws and I know you do the clay reloading, but the majority of our audience are probably going to be interested in this product here. Can you tell us about it? This is the new Mech Marksman, and it's our new metallic reloading press. Yep. So what we have here, single stage press, you can load 22 Hornet to a 416 Rigby case on it. Yeah, wow. Our claim to fame with this press is a patent pending floating shell holder. Yeah, right, brilliant. So you're, when you're going to seat your bullet into the case, yep. that's going to self-align, so your runout's going to be very minimal. Yeah, brilliant. The other nice feature that we have on this press is the ram is drilled all the way through the center. Mm-hmm. And then you're, when you're depriming and carbon buildup, that all goes through the middle of the ram and then out the back to a primer catcher. Oh, it spits out a little tub out there. Right down in the back, yes. Yeah, brilliant. Yep. It has a positive stop on the downstroke. Yep. The handle is ambidextrous, so you can loosen the three-quarter inch nut, swing it off for left-hand operation, sure. lock it back into place. Yeah, we, have a, we have a C-channel or C-type frame. Mm-hmm. It's made out of cast iron. So it gives you a clear window, but also it's built like a tank. Yeah, it, it, I love the fact it's so open. Yep. Um, which I've found on some presses, obviously that's difficult, and RCBS make one that is open. Right. But this just looks so solid. Very solid. Yeah. It's a total of 16 pounds. Wow. So it can take some very much, uh, some very good force too. Yeah, absolutely. It takes a standard die. Mm-hmm. But also, you can take the bushing out to use the Hornady Quick Change. Okay. So the larger dies as well. Yeah, very good. The other and features that we have with, with the press two that are sold separate is the press stand. Mm-hmm. So you can either use it as die holders, yep. or we actually have trays that can go onto here or up on top of the press to give the loader basic versatility. I see you have projectiles in there. Exactly. Yeah, right. Yep. Okay. So this the press stand will fit into the mech jig fixture. So okay. from the shot shell side of the we already have it. Now we can convert it to go into this this jig fixture as well. So if you're running one of the uh, shot shot gel loaders, yep. you can take that out very quickly and put one in. Exactly. So so if you don't have a lot of bench reloading room, mm-hmm. you can put this plate in and be universal to do shot shell or come in to use the marksman and switch them in and out. And then take it out and have it still as fairly clean. Still fairly clean. Yeah. Put everything in storage. Yeah, fantastic. Looks and, and how do we get that shell holder out? Shell holder is held in with a spring clip. So you push down on the spring clip, yep. and you just slide the shell holder out. When you need to insert it, you push the, push the spring down, and you just slide the shell holder right in. Very good. Now, one one ask the Australian pricing, but what is it, US? US, we have a map price of $179.99. Okay. Cool. Well, we'll find out what that is. And where can we get them from in Australia? In Australia, from uh, Top Shot. Mm-hmm. That's one of our host, our distributors there. Very good. We'll make sure we put links in there as well for the guys. Perfect. Terrific, Sean. I appreciate Thanks it. Time. Thank you. Excellent. So I'm here with Ivan from Magneto Speed. How are you, Ivan? Good. Thanks for coming by and seeing good, us. Mate. No worries. Seems a very busy show for you. Yeah, we've no been busy. Now, we... These things shouldn't be overly uh, unfamiliar to our audience, the chronographs. We've used them for years and they've been absolutely sensational. Can you tell us a little bit about how they work? Great, yeah. So um, 
Unlike the optical chronographs that exist, we don't use optical sensors to detect the bullet path. We use um, basically what's a Hall effect sensor, and they're located here in the bayonet. So as the bullet passes over, it disrupts the magnetic field, and we're able to measure the time it takes to travel between the two sensors, which gives us the velocity. The reason that's an advantage is because it's impervious to any lighting or weather conditions or any muzzle blast that might obscure an optical chronograph. Um, the other big advantage why uh, our customers like them so much is, especially on a busy firing line, you don't have to call it cold to get in front of the firing line and set up your chronograph. You're just able to attach it right here, start shooting, and you have your velocities a lot quicker that way. Yeah. Yeah, brilliant. And you've got two models? Right. So we have two models. Um, we have what's the V3, which is what's pictured here, and we have the Sporter. Um, they're both using the same technology, and they're both capable of the same accuracy. The big difference is what weapons they can go on and, and how, what the display looks like. Okay. So the Sporter, you're limited to barrels that are one inch in diameter yep. and muzzle brakes or muzzle uh, flash suppressors that aren't any longer than two and a half inches. Um, so that's going to rule out any, any suppressors or any bull barrels, yeah. things like that. Um, the display is also a much more simple display. It has no SD out. Um, it's, it's for the most part when you shoot, it's going to show you the velocity and you would write that down. Whereas on our V3 model, as you, if you can see here, you can do a whole shot string. It's going to automatically show you your computed min-max average and standard deviation. You can also export that onto um, a SD card and put it in a computer and it'll come up in a nice spreadsheet. Um, I've yeah. used one for many years and I've never put it into the computer. Yeah, so try try exploring the data and then yeah. in the computer and it's a good place to put notes about like the load or what your weather conditions were that day and then you can save it or print it out, yeah. put it in your load development book, that type of thing. Uh, the V3 also um, has different attachment options, so if you had a really large muzzle brake like this, you, yeah, we, have an, we have an additional accessory, so this would be like for a 50 cal. Yeah. Um, it'll also allow you to attach it to some pistols. The Sporter, okay. you're limited back to just straight straight barrels for the most part. Yeah. Um, they, they are, you know, there's a significant difference in price. Depending on where you are, the Sporter is typically about half the price of the V3. Very good. And where, where is best to get them in Australia? So uh, from, from Rob at Huntsman's Outdoors is our, our uh, is, is the best, is our only yeah. authorized dealer there, yeah. Very good. And how long has it been around for the company? So uh, we've uh, been selling these chronographs in one form or fashion for about five years. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And you got some new products sort of on the... Yeah, we have, some, we have some new, uh, yeah. keep an eye on us because we have some new products that we're excited about that aren't quite ready for sale yet, yeah. but y'all will see them soon. Brilliant. Yeah. Excellent, guys. Make sure you check out Magneto Speed and keep an eye out for those new products. And uh, we'll catch you again. Thanks, Thanks Ivan. Thanks. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Precision Shooting Podcast. To continue the discussion, check out our Facebook page. And for more information, head to our website, www.precisionshootingpodcast.com.au. This episode was brought to you by Impact Dynamics, advanced training for the precision shooter.